Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Aligned Women Podcast. I am here today with my new co-host, Dr. Shona Dingman. Hopefully you've heard our first episode together last week, but if you haven't heard that episode yet, feel free to go back and give it a listen. You can find it at alignedwomen.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero four six. So today we are going to be talking about creating content, mostly online content and how Um, you can utilize online content to build your practice. We're going to share with you some of the best practices that Dr. Shauna has learned and a bit about our individual experiences utilizing online content to grow business as well. Awesome. All right, Shauna, let's dive in with you sharing a bit about your experience Um, in 2017, utilizing content, creating content and what your experience was like last year? Yeah. So I'll start off by saying that, um, my husband, Craig and I, so we are in practice together. Um, and my job is mainly the online promotion and branding of the office. So content creation was something that really fell into my department. Although Craig, Craig would create a lot of the content. I was sort of the strategy behind how it was going to turn up online. And I also have to admit that both of us are kind of dinosaurs in the whole online realm. Honestly, it took me forever to get on Facebook. It took Craig even longer. And I'm not sure that I can say that either of us are really willing participants, although we do it because it's good for our business. So that's kind of how we are about online post creation and content creation. That being said, We saw it as something that would be really valuable as far as how we branded ourselves and mostly how we could talk to our ideal patients. You know, it's a a great way, wouldn't you say, Danielle, to be able to express who you are, what you stand for, and kind of what you do and what you don't do. I do think so. I think it's a great tool to warm up a cold market. So if you're not familiar with those marketing terms, essentially sharing who you are and what you do with people that don't know who you are and what you do and building some trust with them, building some likability with them so that when they think of um, a time that they need a chiropractor, that they, they come across someone that they know who has a problem that they're confident you can help with, they're going to mention you and your practice. Yeah. You know, that's the funny thing is most of the lead generation that we do is really to a hot market. It's to people who are already looking for chiropractic, but there's the vast majority of market that's out there is cold or warm market. So people who find your website, they're not necessarily a hot lead. They might be a warm lead where they're just kind of surfing around, but they get to your website and they kind of go, eh, not really now. So what Danielle said about going leading content into your cold and warm market This is such a great way for us. Technology has given us a way that we never, ever have had in the past of reaching those cold and warm leads and showing them who we are so that those cold leads become warm and the warm leads become hot. 
So all that being said, we really dove into online content creation and we utilized a ton of different strategies. We started doing blog posts. We did Facebook lives. We would take the Facebook live videos and upload them to our YouTube channel. We did Zoom calls. We did Zoom trainings. I learned how to do webinars. Um, Obviously, Danielle and I both podcast. And although we don't do a podcast in our office for patients, it is a great way. And we know a lot of chiropractors who are podcasting for their patients and their local community. So there's lots of different ways that you can create content. And with all those different kinds of content, you can actually layer the content together. So you can do a Facebook live video that connects to a free download. And the free download is a lead magnet. It leads into a sales funnel, which would be kept within your CRM and is designed to take cold leads and basically put them in a funnel that hopefully in the end leads them to book a consultation in your office. So that's an example of multi-layering. And the more layers that you have, the more strategy you have to have and the more planning you need to have. So the topic of the conversation today is not about how do you actually do those different kinds of content. It's about choosing whether or not it's right for you, what kind of content is right for you, and how to do it in a way that doesn't make you feel like you want to bang your head against the wall every single day of your life. Mm, Yes. Well, (laughs) listening to the list of things that you did last year, I was thinking that feels overwhelming. Holy cow. Yeah. And I've dabbled in all of those things. And I know like until you really have a strategy and you do one of them, at least one of them consistently, then you might feel confused about if it's worth your time or not to do all those things. And that is exactly the point. Yeah. So it did suck for us because it was totally overwhelming. I felt like every minute of every week I was completely focused on the next content piece and how to do it. Um, It was very time consuming. And in the end, I wouldn't say that the yield was worth the hours that we put into it. And that's really the big learning that I got from this particular part of my 2017 marketing strategy was that in the end, most of our patients still came from referrals from other patients or from live workshops that we did, you know, when we were doing some kind of training to a group of people who weren't patients, but gave them an opportunity for them to get to know us and see us and talk to us live. Uh, And often we'd have a whole bunch of people who would book from any workshop that we ever did. That was the vast majority of our new patients for the year. And so heading into 2018, we actually really scaled back our content creation and learn to be much more strategic about how we did it. And I think that's really the point that we want to get across in the podcast here is that content creation is great. It's very important. You know, at at this point in time, people expect great content. They want good quality content. There's so much coming at them that if you're not creating really good quality content, you're just wasting people's time and ticking them off. And we don't want to do that. It's a great opportunity for people to get to know you. But at the same time, if you don't know what you love to do and you don't know your limitations in it, you can spend a lot of time spinning your wheels, spending valuable time in your week and effort for an end result that is quite marginal compared to the value of just simply putting in time with people face to face. 
Yeah. Okay. So let's clarify some of the points that you have in mind to help other people avoid getting overwhelmed with creating online content and to get the most bang for their buck, if you will. Yep. One of them I think is probably my favorite. The first one that you've lined out is to really know what kind of content is going to be best to help you attract your ideal patient to your practice. And um, I happen to be a big fan of the ideal patient concept, creating your <laughs> ideal patient avatar. I feel like I talk about it every day, but it's so important to think about not just what do you know how to do, what do you want to do, but also what does your ideal patient want to consume? So that she's not thinking about it in that way. Like I like to consume videos, but if you really get clear on who that person is that you most want to, to reach through your content, then you can decide my first and most important strategy is to utilize webinars. Maybe she really loves classes, online classes, or maybe she really likes to listen to things because she's on the go and she's got a long commute. So a podcast might be more ideal for her. So utilizing the ideal patient avatar can help you really hone in on what content type will be most beneficial for you to spend your time on. Mm, Yeah. And remembering too that people have different ways of learning. So when you can hit the same points in different ways, right? Some people read it and they get it. Some people need to listen to it. Some people need to watch it. So you can create the same content and in different, across different platforms. And you don't have to, you don't have to reinvent the wheel with the the points that you're making. So you don't have to spend the time creating the new content. All you're doing is just delivering it in a different way. Yeah. You know, that's such a great point because I know that there are people that I follow online who might have more than one type of um, medium that they produce. They might have a podcast and they might do live videos and maybe they also have an email newsletter that comes out. And I typically see that I hear or read the same things from them. And I've never once thought, oh gosh, she's cutting corners or she's being lazy by talking about the same thing in all these places. It actually from a business perspective, I look at it and I learn from it and I go, Oh, see, she's being smart with her time and not trying to water down her message by talking about a lot of different things. So it becomes more clear to me what it is that she's really able to help with what her products or services are when I see them in multiple places. Mm -hmm. We tend to put way too much into content. We forget that all people can really handle is just a couple of points, two or three main points. And anything more than that, it's like, it's gone over their head. And that's why when you say you're, you will see somebody who has the same thing, but in multiple different ways of delivering and you're hearing it a little differently or seeing it differently each time you consume it, it's because you're only able to consume so much at a time. And each time you see it or hear it again, now you can take in more. Or you just, you just receive it differently based on how you're actually consuming it. So what you hear, you're going to consume that information differently than if you read the exact same thing. So the different platforms is, it's a good idea, but I think ultimately one of the most important things we need to remember is it has to be the right thing for us, right? So I was trying to do things last year. I love podcasting. Podcasting for me and Facebook live videos, those would probably be my two favorite media of choice because they're easy for me. 
blogging, I want to kill myself every time I have to sit down and write a blog. And yet writing does, when I'm in the mood, writing comes very naturally to me. But when I sit in front of a computer and it's like, okay, now it's time to write a blog, blog post, I just feel like I have nothing to say. Whereas for you, this is one of the things that was interesting when we decided to collaborate with Aligned Women. Our, our natural tendencies, you have a preference for blogging and I have a preference for podcasting. So when we create these episodes, I edit the podcast part. So I edit the sound part of it. And then Danielle takes the sound file and she creates the blog post out of it. So it is like a marriage made in heaven for us. <laughs> you know, I didn't even realize that we were doing that, but we are. It just kind of naturally happened that we, that we chose to do it that way based upon our strengths. Thank goodness it did. Well, for us, it makes creating the content a lot easier. We are much more likely to get a podcast episode out to you people doing what we actually enjoy doing, right? And that, so that's something for you to think about when you're deciding, how do I want to deliver content for my patients? Do what you like to do first. Yes. Okay. Another point that I felt like was really important to talk about is um, that you mentioned creating a schedule to work on content every week. (sighs) (laughs) Well, yes, this is something that I have definitely struggled with and perhaps it's because my life was really chaotic in 2017. Um, Maybe now it's because I have a three month old baby and two other kiddos at home and I continue to tell myself, I should have all these things scheduled. I should have all my Facebook posts scheduled out for like six weeks ahead of time, right? And I don't. Part of that is because I do find it challenging to proactively sit down and make time to work on my business. And another part of it is because I like to talk about what I'm feeling inspired to talk about when I wake up that day. Yep. But as you mentioned to me before, Shauna, that is a stressful way to go about creating your online content, especially if you're depending upon it to be a source of business generation for you. If you're really wanting to utilize content online as a way to grow your business, then you need to take it seriously. And just like anything else you take seriously, you put it on your calendar. Yeah. And I think that it's not just with us as chiropractors. It's it's most people's natural tendency. It's hard to sit down and do the most difficult work, which is just being still and working in the business as opposed to on the business. And part of that is it's the planning, right? So I think everybody should have at least an hour every week where you just sit and have vision time. You sit in a coffee shop or you sit somewhere where you're not going to be distracted by the things of your everyday life and you just think about what you, lo- what you would like your life to be and dream. And that's how you begin to create that big picture. Well, it's the same thing with content creation or it's just the administration side of your business. It takes some dedicated time, some white space in your schedule pretty much every week to work on that. And the people who have the least stressful practices are the people who spend that time every single week in administration of the practice, tying up loose ends, getting those I's dotted and T's crossed. So I will tell you that ideally, you need to have time every single week to work on content creation. Do I do it? No. Some weeks I'm great at it. And then other weeks, it's, you know, it's like Danielle said, it's chaos in our lives. And I feel like I'm always running to catch up. But 
the, the times that I'm able to sit down and map out, I, I don't do well mapping out a whole quarter. I find that three months worth of content, it's just way too far ahead for me and things change. Um, so I find that a month, if I can plan a month's worth of content, four weeks worth of live videos and then related downloads or lead magnets or Facebook posts or if we're doing a challenge in the office, that gives me the time and space to think those things out. And the reality is the more layers of content you're offering, the more important it is to have that planned out because you can't just decide on the fly. If you're going to do a Facebook live video and then decide, oh, I should have a download for that. There's no time to do that and set it all up properly. So having that all planned out ahead of time is great. Now, if you're just working on, if you're brand new into this and right now all you've ever done for content is like a handout that's printed on paper in your office, you don't need to spend as much time planning. If, if what you're going to try doing is, for example, Facebook live videos, all you need to know is what you're going to talk about. You just need to know your topics and then you need to plan out what are the two or three main points that you want to have. How do you typically start it and how do you typically end it? And that's good. That's a great start. But like I said, if you're planning on taking that video and uploading it to YouTube and then embedding the YouTube video into a link into a blog post, it requires more planning. It sure does. And it could also require more supports. Mm -hmm. Being able to outsource some of those tasks to someone else. Those things may not happen if you're just starting your business. Um, But at some point, if you want to continue to utilize this type of strategy, to grow your business, to, to reach more people in your community, there's going to be a point in time that you don't have more time available and you've got to have support from someone else. Yeah. And you know, that, that actually brings to mind that just understanding the technology, I think is for most of us, it's our biggest barrier, right? If you've never done a Facebook live, I remember the first time I ever did a Facebook live, I bet you, I spent about five hours Googling how to do it, writing things down, Googling more, listening to people talk about best practices for Facebook live video. It was scary. And then, you know, I got on my phone and I'm, I've got it this way. I've got it that way. And I'm like, do I hold it upright? Should I hold it to the side? Oh, and now it's got these, now it's got these filters and things like that. And every time my thumb hits a button, all of a sudden I've got rabbit ears or something on, how do I get rid of it? (laughs) So I think for a lot of us, the idea of something is way more scary than the actual doing, I can tell you right now for any of these things that we're talking about, it's not difficult. You have to spend a little time either having somebody show you how to do it or learning how to do it. But I promise you, once you do it a couple of times, it's so flipping easy. You'll wonder, okay, why did it take me eight months to do that? But it's that barrier of finding the time to learn how to do it. So, you know, maybe learning has to be something that you schedule into your week too. Not to stress you out that you have to schedule more things in, but the technology is definitely a barrier to us creating content a lot of the time. So, Shauna, you proclaim yourself to be not tech savvy. (laughs) And I argue with you against that every time that I hear you say it because you do so many tech savvy kinds of things for your practice. Um, as recent as 2012 ish, I was not on Facebook. I had, um, a Facebook account previous to that, but then I had deactivated it and maybe in 2013 might've been as early as 2012. I reactivated my account because I 
uh, I should have a Facebook page for my business. <laughs> and so what, that was maybe five years ago that, um, you know, I wasn't utilizing Facebook as, um, a business generation type of tool or a marketing tool in any way. Um, I thought that it was a good idea to do it. But my point here is that in five years, I feel like I've become pretty tech savvy. Am I the most savvy? Absolutely not. But everything is figure outable. If, if you feel like the, tech, it, the technology of creating and sharing online content is a barrier, it's okay. You got the chiropractic school. Remember that. That was not easy. And if you can do that, you can figure out how to do a Facebook Live video or webinar. And if you're not sure, just ask us. Post it in the group. Sure. Huh. Yep. Okay. One other thing that I thought was important for us to really reiterate as we're talking about online content is the willingness to fail. Mm. And this might mean being willing to fail even in front of other people. Like there are times that I do a Facebook live video and I'm like, that was really not good. And some, most of the time I would say I leave it. Other times I do delete it. Um, that's not often because I feel that it's important to not be perfect. <laughs> not especially appear as a, live, especially with live video. Yeah. Yeah. Not up here. So I've got it all figured out. And this was, you know, like, um, just how my everyday life is. It's always perfect. No, it's not. And I don't want to give the impression to other women, especially that they have to have things looking perfect for them to do a Facebook live video or especially to utilize that as a strategy in their business growth. So as I was thinking back to learning the, the strategy or sorry, no, the technology for some of these ways of sharing online content, I learned those things quickly, but where I would stall was in the fear of what if I get this wrong? What if I look stupid? Yep. What if I sound like an idiot? And I would stop and I would really hash through that over and over again. And at some point I just realized, you know what, I'm going to look stupid and it's okay. And eventually I'll look less stupid. So I hope that's happened over the last few years. I don't know. But what I had was just the willingness at some point to say, it's okay if I, if I don't get it all perfect and I don't get it all right. It is what it is. That's me. I'm mostly not very polished. <laughs> uh, you know, Danielle, I think any of us listening would say you crush your content. I mean, you, and you do it in such a great way. So, you know, kudos, first of all, to the content that you create and you create a ton of content and you do a great job with it. That being said, I think one of the reasons people love you so much is authenticity is king right now or queen in our case. Queen. And, love it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, that is the greatest thing about live video and, you know, willing to just go on and try and talk from the heart and not worry so much. You know, what if I flub it up or what if I have a misstep? It doesn't matter. People People appreciate that. It really actually ingratiates us to them when people can see our authenticity because I think underneath it all, as long as your passion shines through and your heart shines through, it doesn't matter if you don't say it exactly right. It doesn't matter if you hit that end button and you post it and then you remember, wow, I forgot to say half of the content that I had written down. Yeah, shoot another video. People don't mind that and they don't know what you didn't say. Yeah. 
So just getting on and doing it, it's that idea of being willing to fail forward. You will learn far more from your missteps than you ever will from the things that come easily. So just be willing to go out and try it. And the more you try, the more you'll figure out what your platform is of choice. The more you dabble, the more you'll figure out what you like and what you gravitate to and how people connect with you best. And that's what it's all about. Imagine if you put up a persona on your Facebook live videos, that was one thing. And then people arrive in your office and their face-to-face experience of you was another thing. Yeah, it's a good That would point. be really awkward. And it would actually it would actually do the opposite of what we wanted to do in the first place. We wanted to build trust. And so if they show up and they get somebody else than what they saw via video, that trust is degraded almost instantly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I think the number one takeaway from this podcast episode is really um, figure out what you're willing to do. Figure out what fits your life, your practice, your time right now, and just choose one thing to try. And with that one thing, do it consistently and get good at it and see if you like it. See what the ROF, the return on investment ROF, what the ROI is, the return on investment is for it. And if it continues to work for you, then you keep it. And then you add on to that if you want to add more. And if it's not working for you, you try something else. But don't overwhelm yourself with all the latest and greatest content ideas or look at what other chiropractors are doing and think, oh, I need to do that too. Do what fits your life and your practice and then just see how it goes. Awesome. Well, I think that online content is an easy way, easy overall, gosh, after all the things that we've talked about here, (laughs) easy way to put yourself out there, whatever that means to you, right? To, to say, here I am, here's what I do. Here's what I help with. And I'm here for you. And so if we really just focus on that and we focus on the, the people that are out there that don't know that we can help them yet and that need our help, then maybe that helps to break down some of the barriers for you as well. When you think about that, that person you want to reach, what's going to change in their life after they have the information that you're going to share in that video or that webinar or that podcast, or what's going to change in their life when they become a patient uh, in a chiropractic office for the first time. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Awesome. All right, Shauna, any other thoughts before we wrap this episode up? No, just go take some action. (laughs) Love it. Have a great day, everybody. And we will see you next time on the Aligned Women Podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women Podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women Team Group Coaching Membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women Podcast.